0: Welcome to Pod I'm Josh Smith, and I'm Mike Graham. Well, so much for taking some time off, eh, buddy? Some big news came down, Josh. Some I know there's there's thing. a there's a game being played this weekend. No, no, no. Obviously, we decided to convene today to discuss the trade that happened on Monday, where shockingly the Hamilton Tiger Cats pulled off a blockbuster deal to acquire the rights. To former Calgary, now former Calgary Stampeders quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell, they sent a pair of draft picks, a third rounder in 2023 and a fifth rounder in 2024, as well as, quote unquote, future considerations, which I imagine are some form of other draft compensation or other some other form of compensation if Bo eventually does sign with the Cats. This this took me back a little bit when I saw it yesterday, I'm sure you felt the exact same way. I know we discussed this a few weeks back. I even floated the idea of Bo becoming a Tiger Cat, although I'm not necessarily sure I fully believed it, or maybe I should say I didn't necessarily believe it. Ha, 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 ha. But it's happened now. Bo is basically a Tiger Cat. I know, we're well, I'm sure we'll discuss what he had to say, what Orlando Steiner had to say, and all that stuff as we go along. But he's probably going to be in a Tiger Cat uniform next year as a starting quarterback for this team. Mike, you are our resident Bo oh, Levi Mitchell Skeptic, when you saw the news, how'd you feel?
1: Uh, a little sick to my stomach at first, just because uh, my history with Bo, not, not my history, but uh, my history of hating on Bo is more like it, you know, I if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I'm not his biggest fan, um, just because of the arrogance on the field. You know, it always seemed to me, and maybe I'm off on this, but that he, he blamed his receiver's for every overthrow, for every pass that did not connect, and maybe some of those were the receiver's fault, but it felt to me like he was just a finger pointer, um, blame everybody else but himself. He came off as a cocky, arrogant jerk. But you know what? I can put that all behind me. If he's the, if he is the 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 quarterback of the Hamilton Tiger Cats for the next couple seasons, I will be the biggest Bo Levi supporter. Uh, you know, big, his biggest fan, because all that matters to me is that the tiger cats win and the tiger cats win a gray cup soon. So yes, I I've hated on him for many years, but if he's with the black and gold, then I'm his biggest fan. We
0: cured for Chad Owens for a season. We were able, and I, and much like you were with Bo, I probably dislike Chad Owens even more than you dislike Bo. And the second he caught the touchdown in the first game, in 2016 at BMO field, the first Argos game at BMO for the Ticats to win that game. I was like, I guess we're on this train now. So I I know where, where you're coming from when, when a guy that you dislike immensely based on what you've perceived of him in the past, then signs with your team. This is a big move though. I don't think there's any, any other way to shake this, right? Like I wrote a piece for three down and I made the argument that this is the biggest move this franchise has made since they signed Danny McManus back in 1998. We've seen a lot of QB saviors come through Hamilton over the, since from then to now. Jason Moss, Casey Printers. Most recently, we saw Henry Burris. Obviously, Zach Kalaris was a big deal. But I honestly don't think any of those moves come close to what the Cats did in acquiring a two-time MOP, a two-time Grey Cup champion, and a two-time Grey Cup Most Valuable Player. Like, this is a guy, he's a proven winner. And if he's... The quarterback we saw prior to 2019 when a shoulder injury kind of derailed him for a little while there, the Ticats are getting arguably the best quarterback in the. Like, he he can, if he can get back to that level, that 2014 to 2018 level where the Stamps were basically in the Great Cup every year, he was in the MLP conversation every year. If they can get that bow, I see no reason why the the Ticats can't go from third place in the division all the way to first next year. Like, I, I don't think the gap it was that, was that wide this year? And I think if Bo comes in and is, is that, that level of Bo, do, do you see any reason why the Ticats now, obviously they'll have to make other moves. Like this is not just, and I think this, this is the first of, of moves they're going to make, but do you, do you not think that bringing him in it, and, and he can get to even close? Like if, even if he's 80, 85% of the bow he was in 2017, for instance, do you not think that this team can go from eight wins to 12 or more? And, and, Get back to the Grey Cup because I certainly do. Yeah, I think
1: with the, with a guy like Bo uh, behind center, you mentioned all his accolades, and you and you mentioned he's a proved winner, and it, it's it's true, it's true. He's won two great Cup games, and you know we talk about Danny McManus coming to this team uh, in the late '90s, and you know he was the savior, right? Yeah, he, and he, and uh, Ron Lancaster and Darren Flutie came with him as well. Um, but yeah, this is comparable, I think. You know, this guy is. One of the best quarterbacks that the CFL has ever seen, and I—I I know I've been hesitant to put him in the top five, and I—I I, I still am. But, and oh, like top five,
0: like top five all time.
1: No, five all time. Yeah.
0: Oh, I don't think top five all time.
1: No, but I think he could get there uh, if he has a couple more good years in Hamilton and brings and gets a, gets another championship. I don't see why you know the offensive line is in place. In my opinion, I know they had a bad playoff game. Uh, Giving up those seven sacks, that was brutal. But I think the pieces are in place there uh, to make Bo comfortable in the pocket. And if he's comfortable in the pocket, he'll have time to throw. And we saw, you know, he came into the playoff game uh, against the BC Lions in the West semifinal a couple weeks ago. And his arm looked really good. I think his first pass, he threw a dart about 30, 40 yards down the field. So I think the arm strength is back. And that's only a good thing for the Hamilton Tiger Guts, if they can lock him up. You know, there's no guarantee He's going to be a Hamilton Tiger Cat, but everything points in that direction, right? The history points in that direction. Um, I don't think the Tiger Cats necessarily make this trade if they're not confident that they can get this guy locked up.
0: Oh, I completely agree. I think like there's the slimmest of possibilities that he signs elsewhere, and that's – I mean, it, how how Tiger Cats would it be for them to fumble the bag at the very end here, right? Like they get this guy in the – not necessarily in the building, but they 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 now have exclusive rights to negotiate with him. From now until February, Bo said himself, it's not a money thing; it's about legacy. You brought up he could move into that top five all time if he wins one Grey Cup in Hamilton. He joins a very exclusive group of three-time Grey Cup champions. Like there's not Ricky Ray is the only starting quarterback in this, in CFL history to start and win four Grey Cups. So if Bo, who's only 32, has a, another five years left in him, and he can be just as good as he's been, like he's had a few, a couple of down years in the last couple of seasons, but he's still. If he's, I, I think a lot of that, like the, the, the 2019 and 2021 seasons, I think were were health related. This year, I like he got yanked, and I think it was week ten or week eleven, and I don't think he, like I don't think he looked great this year, but I also don't think he looked terrible. You know what I mean? Like his numbers, he had like two thousand passing yards, he think like, nine touchdowns, six picks, like it wasn't. He wasn't vintage bow, but I don't think he was ter- – I think it was Calgary being like we – I think it's time to, to move on. Similar to what they did with Burris and, and what they've you – know, they, they've cycled through for the last 30 years. They've gone from basically superstar quarterback to superstar quarterback and just constantly cycling through guys. But if he is able to come to Hamilton – and I do think he's going to sign in Hamilton. I think this – yes, there's talk that he – he said himself. I'm, I'm not necessarily – I'm not going to sign before free agency, but we'll see. We, there's there's three months before free agents opens we'll see what happens before then he comes here and he wins a great cup he's established himself now he start you really start to get into that conversation of is he is he in that upper echelon he wins a second and he, he puts up numbers and he builds on like now you're 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 in the conversation of is he is he one of the greatest ever and i don't see like you mentioned the offensive line like the, if this is a move like you bring bo here won't that recruit other guys? Like, there, there's a lot of really good Calgary Stampeders players, for example, that are slated to become free agents. Guys like Derek Dennis, guys like Reggie Bagleton, guys like Sean Lemon. And what have the Ticats really needed over the last few years? A stud left tackle. This past season, we said they needed that go-to one, number one wide receiver, which I think Reggie Bagleton could still be. And they need a pass rusher, and there are a few pass rushers better in the league. Like, I mean, he's up for most outstanding defensive player this year, Sean Lemon is. Few guys have had the longevity as a great passer. I know he's jumped from team to team, but he's been pretty good the last few seasons. You you bring Bo, he can attract other guys. Maybe it attracts guys like Tim White to re-sign. You know what I mean? Like, You start to build, and I'm not saying they couldn't have done this with Dane, but Bo has these relationships with players in Calgary where they've churned out 10, 11, 12, 14 win seasons year after year after year after year. And a lot of that has to do, I'm sure, with the system in place, but a lot of it has to do with the players. You bring those players here with a coaching staff that has proven they can win, giving these guys maybe, especially with Bo. Like, Bo, the one reason I do like this trade, because I'm, I'm a little lukewarm on it because, and we'll, because of the Dane Evans aspect of it, and we'll talk about that in a bit. He's going to have a massive, like, like you don't want to talk about arrogance. This dude's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. He's been yeah. discarded. It reminds me in a lot of ways of Henry Burris coming here. And I know, obviously, you know, he's not well thought of in Hamilton amongst Ticap fans. But those two seasons that Henry Burris was here, they got to a great great cup in the second year. But the first season, man, he put up some number. Like he said, he said, I think he set the franchise record in completions, pass attempts. I know he set the record in touchdown passes and passing yards, which I think Jeremiah, Jeremiah was only may have broken. But I'm not entirely sure about that. I'm, I could be wrong. But anyway. There's no reason to think that Bo coming here similarly from Calgary with a giant chip on his shoulder can't put up massive numbers as well, and you can surround him with some talent. Like it's a it's a deal that still I'm still trying to wrap my head around. I think as as people listening will be able to tell. Like you know the the thoughts are kind of scattered a little bit, but there's I think there's a lot to like about this. I really really do.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think there's a lot to like it, about it as well, and I think that you know that you talk about him going to Saskatchewan and you know the. The outside stuff you can get with that in a market like that, right? Um, I think it's similar in Hamilton. You know, it's not on the same scope as Saskatchewan because Hamilton is in Ontario and there's Toronto's nearby and all that kind of stuff. But the Hamilton fan base, they will treat you like gold. If if, if he wins a championship, he will be treated like a legend in Hamilton for years and years and years to come. They treat their legends very well. Look at guys like Angela Mosca. You know, they love them. So I think that there's a similarity there in the fan bases between the Rough Riders and the Tiger Cats, because they're just so passionate.
0: Well, and you're the quarterback that finally brings the team a championship. Like you're the guy that breaks the curse. You're minted. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe that doesn't matter to a lot of guys because I'm sure, you know, they can go elsewhere and and, and get that adulation as well. But with as starved as this, as this fan base is for a championship, as starved as this franchise is for a championship, you're the guy that comes in, you make the difference, you're the Grey Cup MVP, and you finally deliver a championship, a quarter century in the making.
1: Different. You're, it's different than in Cal. And, like, if you win another Grey Cup in Calgary, whoopee woo, you yep. know? Win a Grey Cup in Hamilton, holy shit.
0: Yeah, Well, and that just ends like, again, winning a championship anywhere is difficult, and and I'm sure every player that wins one loves it, but... Yep. You win you win one in Ryderville, you're 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 minted. You win one in Hamilton, especially with how long the drought's been. Like look look at look at Winnipeg. They've had a lot of great players there. A lot of players that are still like Milt Stiegel, Doug Brown, those guys are still well thought of. But if you think in fifty years it's not gonna be about this team now, like yes, we had those great guys in the past, but this team now, the play, the Willie Jeffersons, the Zach Calaris's those guys, even Andrew Harris, even though he's not there anymore. Those are the guys that are going to be legends. Those are the guys that you build statues for because they won championships. So could Bo do that here? I I, I don't see any reason why he couldn't. Like, yes, the numbers have been down. Yes, there's been there's been a down in his play. But do you think that coming to a new situation with, like I said, that chip on his shoulder, do you think don't you think that will motivate him even more to prove? Like, for a guy that's been so good for so long, he's been essentially I mean, his first year as a full-time starter, they won the great cup. He's been, he's been at the top of the heap for so long. He's, he's got doubters for kind of the first time ever, really. You don't think that that's going to motivate him to just absolutely tear the league up next year. Cause I do. I
1: absolutely believe that wherever he is, um, Hamilton, you know, Saskatchewan, Edmonton, wherever he is, I think that he's going to come out real strong. And I think that he's going to have a, a great year next season and the, and the seasons to come because for a guy like him, like you said, rookie season wins the great cup. He is on top of the mat. He's considered the best quarterback in the league for years and years. And then all of a sudden he's not the best quarterback on his own team. That's got to hurt. That's got to piss him off. So yeah, he's going to have a massive chip on his shoulder. There's no doubt in my mind. And, you know, it could be his best years, you know, statistically and all that stuff, you know, he's rested up. He's, he's pissed off. He wants to prove everyone wrong. And uh, I could see him, you know, being the MOP in the next couple of seasons.
0: Wow. That's, that's, it's it's okay. funny when, when you get a guy that comes to your team that you didn't like, and now you're, you're hyping him and it, up. It, I'm it, bowing it, him. <laughs> it feels weird. Yeah. How do you, th- what do you think about this though? Bringing him in. Do you think this move signifies? Cause I, this is, I, this is how I feel. This team's all in for next year. There's going to be a great cup played in Hamilton. This will be the last one played here for probably close to a decade. I think we're going to see this team load up, maybe spend over the cap and deal with those, dealing with those, those fines that we never see the the team necessarily deal with. I think this, I think this means that guys like Simone and Teddy and Micah Johnson are more likely to turn. I think this is going to be a very veteran laden team. And I think that bringing in Bo shows that either not standing Pat, which is something that we, we discussed this year about how maybe they didn't self scout as well as they should have. And they, they trusted that the team from 2019, 2021, even with a few changes would still be good. And that didn't turn out to be the case. And, and that they're going guys are going to want to play here because bringing in a guy like Bo, even though he's, you know, because the guys around the league, even though he, he sat for most of the season or at least half this season, he's still got to have a ton of respect amongst the players. Like there's guys out there that, that probably think this guy is still the best quarterback in the league. So you bring him in, and I just think that the franchise now is looking at it going, if we're going to finally do this, this has to be the year to do it at home. And I, and I think, and I, I think we've talked about on the show, winning a championship in your home stadium is a little overblown. I mean, I, I, if the cats would have won this year, I wouldn't have cared that I wasn't in attendance. You know what I mean? But I think with it being here, it's going to be a full great cup experience. You make this move. And I think it signifies that they're going to make further moves. And I think it just, if everything goes to tits 2024 and later, but they win it in 2023, I think all of this will have been worth it.
1: Yeah. We've been waiting too long for,
0: because here's the thing we've been close. Sorry. I don't mean to cut you. We've been close enough that if this team has a two year run where they're maybe not very good, miss the playoffs, but they win a championship next year, I'll deal with it. I'll I'll deal with, I'll deal with a five and 13 record in 2024 and a six and 12 record in 2025. If they go 13 and five next year and win the gray cup, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it'd be all worth it because I mean the last four great cups we've lost, and it's been in the last ten years. So to, to come out of this, you know, version of the team, you know, core of the team without anything, ah, that would leave a sour taste in my mouth. So I mean, if we're going in, if we're, if we're going for it all next year, then then so be it. Let let's let's strap in and let's go for it, just like the Riders did in two thousand thirteen.
0: That's that's the model I'm thinking this team because that was a Riders team that was so close before they lost back-to-back great cups in 09 and 2010. They, they, they had fallen off a little bit and then they were like, they went out, they get G Roy Simon, they bring back John chick. You know what I mean? Like they built, they built up that roster to win that year and they were pretty good the year after. And then quarterback get hurt and things fall apart. But if you ask Ryder fans, I think that they would trade all the years since for that championship. And you brought up that this, this sort of 10 year span here where the team's actually been fairly competitive. They've, they've been to, what is it? You said, I think it's four great cups. They've been to seven or eight Eastern finals. Like they've been in the mix. They've been in the hunt for a very long time.
1: It's almost like it feels strange that they're not in the great cup. And that's like, so yes. weird for a tie cap fan. you know, going back 20 years or so. Well,
0: that, that's what I was going to say. Like, would you be more disappointed if this decade ish run ends without a title more so than you were like the 2000 to 2010, sort of era because they were really bad and they had a couple of years, which is the tail end. They started to get good, but I think I'd be more disappointed if this core group, and we've already seen some guys leave Jeremiah left speedy left, but there's still some guys. there's still some holdovers that Teddy and Simone, I think most notably, if those guys, if this core group can win, I think it'd be, it, or if this core group doesn't win, I mean, I think it's more disappointing than that, that, that decade before, where the team just just wasn't very good, and every year you were like, you're hoping they'll get there, and then they disappoint. You guys have been so close so many times. I think it would be more heartbreaking if this crew didn't win versus the one before. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you, because
1: you, we're so close. We're Especially in two of those great cup games, we're so close to winning them, and just to come away with nothing would be extremely disappointing. But what else would be extremely disappointing is if this happened, that we don't lock up for Levi Mitchell. Like, What, do, what happens then? Like are we? Are we go back to Dane, go crawling back to Dane, and that's tough, know, right? Yeah, it's 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 that's why they have to make this happen, right? I mean, you can't. Basically, what you're saying is we don't think you can get us to the next level. That's what they're saying to Dane Evans. Bring in Bowen. That, in my opinion, anyways, and to go back to him and be like, okay, I guess you're the starter again. It's just it would be another blow to his confidence, I believe, and I just don't think it it would work out uh, going forward with him as the starter.
0: So there is a parallel here that I'm going to give you and it's from the other league and I'm intimately familiar with it because it's about Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. The Niners went into the, the Niners two years ago drafted their quarterback of the future in Trey Lance. They let Trey it on the bench last year. It, it obviously. Okay. It's, it's a different scenario, but play, play it out here. Garoppolo plays all last year. They get to the NFC championship game and they're, a dropped interception and a, a interception by Garoppolo away from getting back to the Super Bowl for the second time in three years. Despite that success, they went with Lance this year. They were going to trade Garoppolo. Garoppolo has shoulder surgery. He's not able to throw. They keep him around, but they keep him away from the team. He comes to training camp, but he's thrown off on his own. No one wants to trade. All the quarterback seats are filled and they go to Garoppolo and they go, what about you staying as the backup? And, taking a pay cut and we'll put a bunch of incentives in there. So if you play, you can earn some of your money back. And he agreed to it. Second game of the season, Trey Lance dislocates his ankle. He's out for the rest of the season. Garoppolo is now the starter and the Niners are, they just, they've won their second game in a row. They're in the hunt for, for the division title. It's something that it, and you don't think could work out, right? Like you, like you said, it's like you go crawling back to the guy that you tried to get rid of. I I think as a competitor, it can do one of two things. You can just be like, this team has given up on me. I'm going to give up on them. I want out. Or you can say, well, I'm going to prove them wrong. And if let's say this doesn't work out and they bring, they have to bring Dane back as their starting quarterback. Well, he's in the last year of his contract. So if he goes out and uses it as motivation and, and, and kick some teeth in next year, well, he's going to make himself more money, whether that's in Hamilton, because he can say, like the, there's no franchise tag in the N F and the CFL. There's no, nothing to stop him from leaving for nothing. I I agree that it's, it's like, I don't think that the deal won't get done. Like, I know that, like I said, Bo has said he's going to test for agency. I don't see a a world where, how, how, can you think of a time when a team has traded for a player's rights, quote unquote, and not ended up signing him to to a contract? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it's happened. I can't think of a single example. So I, I just, I don't see a scenario where this doesn't, ultimately end up getting done and there's a bunch of black and gold nineteen jerseys at Tim Hortons field next year.
1: So this is the this is the end for Dane? Like uh what do you see happening with it's him? It's gotta
0: be, right? Like I know Orlando Steinhauer told the media on Monday that
1: Yep, go like, ahead, sir. Oh,
0: yeah, we've got nothing nothing's done yet. He's gotta be playing for someone else. Like if both signs, I don't think there's any way that you can I mean you definitely can't bring Dane back at his current salary because he's making over four hundred thousand dollars next year he's not going to come into battle for a spot because there's not going to be a spot. Like Bo's going to be the starter making probably even more money than that. So unless he takes a massive pay cut, like he goes down to like backup quarterback money, I think it's, it's got to be the end of the road for him here. No.
1: Yeah. You trade him out here. You get a, you know, a couple draft probably. picks. Maybe, maybe,
0: maybe recoup some of those draft picks you lost in trading for Bo's rights.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a possibility. And you know, it's it kind of sucks because I, we, I really like Dane. Um, You know, there was so many good flashes of him being the guy, the future guy for this organization at, you know, 28, 29 years old. We could have had a stretch of success with him for many, many years. And it just, you know, that last, that season that just passed, it just didn't work out very well for him. And, you know, it doesn't take much to lose your job in this league. It really doesn't. Teams want to win Right now. And there's not much patience, unfortunately, for quarterbacks to develop. And that's why you see teams sign guys like Mitchell, you know, usually it comes from the Western division, a guy that is, you know, in his mid thirties that uh, the team has given up on. And then he comes East and uh, has like a second career in the Eastern division. And that's just the way it's been for a long, long time in the CFL. But I hope for Dana, I have nothing against him. Uh, I hope that, you know, if this is it, I hope he has uh, a lot of success somewhere else and he's a starter somewhere else because uh, I feel like he's a he's a really good dude and he can be uh, a really good quarterback in
0: this league. It's kind of a sad ending, honestly, when, when you really look at it. Like, he never really became that player we thought he would after he kind of burst onto the scene in 2019. If, if there's one thing about this trade for Bo that bugs me is that, the franchise is now going to give a lot of fans the idea that the, that they are putting all of their failures this year squarely on Dane's shoulders, and I don't think that's fair. Like, no. I don't think he played well. Don't get me wrong. Like, he led the league in turnovers. He led the league in interceptions. Like, he had his issues, but I think he was hamstrung by an outdated offensive system and the performances around him. There was there players around him underperformed this year, especially at the start when the season turned in those last six games, it coincided with the offensive line playing much better. The team establishing a, a successful rushing attack with West Hills. When he was like Tim white started to become more reliable down the stretch when he was playing his worst, that like hero ball mentality where it looked like every play he was trying to win the game. Like it was because he was almost forced to do that because of the deficiencies elsewhere. So for the team to make this move, like i i I won't think this way, and I don't think you'll think this way either, but I do think that there's going to be a section of the fan base that is going to look at this and go, "Oh, well, the only reason we didn't get back to the cup is because of the quarterback." And I just don't think that's fair. It's just it's just a really sad ending to what looked like it was going to be a very promising tenure with what we saw in 2019 and then first spurts last year. Like, I mean, this team doesn't get to the Grey cup last year without Dane Evans and for him to, to go through what he went through this year and, and to now not necessarily know where he's going to be playing a year uh, in next season. It's just a little sad. It, it really is.
1: Yeah, it does suck. It does suck. And the, you know, that's, that's football. They must've looked, you know, they must've evaluated his performance this year and thought we can't we can't go forward with this guy, you know, leading our team, especially in 2023 with a home gray cup. I mean, that's the obvious conclusion, right? They just didn't trust that he could be that consistent player from game to game. And, uh, and you're right. It it wasn't all his fault. You know, we, we put blame on the offensive coordinator. I put blame on the O line. Um, Receivers weren't the best this year. You know, he lost, his trusted receiver and Braylon Addison, a guy that he, he, you know, thinks very, very highly of. And it feels very, very comfortable throwing him the ball uh, a lot each game. So I think there was a lot of factors that determined this season, you know, not going the way that we wanted it to Um, Dane didn't play that well, but there was a lot of crap that went along with that. Right. The offense wasn't, you know, as a whole, the offense wasn't great and the defense lacked at times as well. So yeah, it uh, it's unfortunate that this is the way that it's going to end with Dane.
0: No, and it's never one player that's no. the reason for it. Like I just watched the uh, Four Falls of Buffalo. Uh, it's the the Bills documentary about the the four losing Super Bowls, and they were talking about after the first one. And obviously the first one's the one where they lost on the Scott Norwood missed field goal, and Bruce Smith comes on there and he's like, "Look, I don't blame Scott for missing the field goal. We never should have been in that position in the first place." I missed a tackle. Andre Reed dropped a pass. Uh, Thurman fumbled the ball like Jim threw an interception. Like if we all would have done our jobs better, we never would have been in a position to have to rely on that kick. So everyone made mistakes in that game. It's just Scott Norwoods came at the most inopportune time. And because Dane's the quarterback, you look at it and you go, okay, well, he's the one throwing the interceptions. Okay, well, let's look back on those interceptions. And I'm not making excuses for him, but some of them were tipped balls and some of them were maybe because he had to get the ball out quicker than he should have because the pressure got there too fast. And what about the fumbles? Well, we remember the one where his own player knocked it out of his hands for crying out loud. So like there's a lot that went into this team disappointing this year. I just hope that that fans don't use this as an excuse to just completely tear Dane down because I don't think, well, he played a role in the team's failures this year. And maybe he maybe he even was the, the, the biggest reason why the team didn't succeed. He clearly wasn't the only one. Like you said, the defense let things down at sometimes times. The offensive line was absolutely atrocious for most of the first half of the season. Like to, to put this all on one guy's shoulders, and that's what this move feels like, at least until we see the team make other moves, like signing guys in free agency and what have you. That's what I think people are going to look at. They're going to look at this move and go, oh, the Ticats are saying the quarterback position didn't work. And that's why we didn't win. And I just, I just don't think that that's fair.
1: No. And, and them doing that, does that take the pressure off of a guy like Tommy Condell with the offensive coordinator? Does that, you know, that was all Dane's fault that we don't have to touch the coaches. Like, is that what we're doing here?
0: Well, and now, Oh, we're bringing in a new quarterback. We're good. We got, we can't, we don't want to change the system. Like let's stick with this coordinator. See what another quarterback could do. It kind of, I mean, trading for a player of Bo's caliber is never a bad idea. Whether you're you finish the season eight and ten and 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 uh, losing the playoffs, or you get to the Grey Cup and lose, or you miss the playoffs entirely, like if Bo is the Bo we remember, he's an upgrade. But I think this does, in a way, p- potentially save some people's jobs because this is sort of the bringing a new quarterback, especially one like Bo Levi Mitchell, and that's the flashy object you can hold in your right hand to distract people. while with your left hand, you're like, nope, we're gonna we're not changing our coordinators, we're not changing our system, and. Then when the season starts and things start to go to pot again, ho- I mean, hopefully they don't. We don't want them to. But if they do, then fans are going to remember it's like, oh, man, we just put a new, you know, a fresh uh, coat of paint on this, and uh, but it's still the same old crappy car that doesn't work.
1: Right. The the, you know, the system is broken. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter who we slide in there. But hopefully that's not the case. And if Tommy's going to be back and I'm not advocating him to be back or to be fired, uh, I'm kind of – on the fence with that but maybe this is the guy that rejuvenates his system maybe they needed a guy like Bo to really make this thing work and really make this offense click again but we're gonna find out we're gonna find out what the problem was because if you can't if this offense stinks with a good offensive line and a hall of famer like Bo by Mitchell you don't have to look far to figure out what the problem is right
0: as, as short of Bo looking completely cooked next year, the only way that this team fails is if it does come down to coaching. I think because, like the roster's not bad, we saw they were able to win eight games this year. If Bo gets raises that that boat, the rest of the boats on this team, like there's no reason they can't be a ten or twelve win team because they're going to make other moves too. One thing though, we do I think we have to nip in the bud though, because I I I've, I've seen it fermenting a little bit online this idea that Evans is going to burn the Thai Cats like Anthony Calvillo did after Hamilton let him go when they signed Danny McManus. Like I get the parallels are very similar. They're bringing in an older quarterback from the West. This stud that they thought was going to be the future franchise quarterback never really lived up to the hype, never really got the chance to, to, to raise himself to the expectations that many had when he came to Hamilton after the uh, failed U.S. expansion experiment. I just don't think Evans is going to spend the next, you know, 10, 12 years playing for the Argos or the red blacks or whomever and, and haunting his team. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's worthy of being a starting quarterback. And I understand that fans will see the similarities in the situations. I just don't think it's the same thing. Like,
1: no,
0: I just, like, Dave is not like, as even if he goes on to have a hall of fame career, he's not going to turn into Anthony Calvillo. So I just like, and and, I, like we said earlier, even if it does go down that way, let's say Dane goes to Ottawa and becomes their franchise quarterback for the next decade. And they roll off three great cups in the next 10 years. If Hamilton wins a great cup next year, would you really care? Like we've waited 25 years almost for a championship here. If Bo delivers one, even if Evans goes on to have that Calvillo like career somewhere else, I still think it'll have been worth it. it, it mm. Most of the time I'd say you build to, to keep, to sustain success. It's been nearly a quarter of a century, dude. I just want that goddamn cup. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, just give me. Like, I've I've said when it comes to my sports fandom, I just want to see one more from all the teams that I cheer for. I've never seen the Knicks win. I probably never will. I've I've resigned myself to the fact. But the Cats and the Niners winning a winning a championship, I especially the tie Cats. Like, at some point they have to break this. And if it comes next year or the year after, whenever it is, with if Bo's here. I don't care what the guys they let go in this case, Dane Evans does over the course of the remainder of his career. I just need to see one more cause I'm goddamn sick of those 1999 jokes. They're lame, but what, yeah. how do you, You? but you have to put up with them because yeah. it's, there's nothing you can do
1: <laughs> until they win. Right. And then, then exactly. They, then, and then what will they have? I mean, we're,
0: oh, they're, they're yeah. going to go hard in on that 1869 stuff. Like uh, they're already, they, are, they pl- spent this season planting those seeds that that's going to be their next thing. And I saw a comment something about oh they'll go after like Argos sucks and nobody blows like the Argos cuz they're not family friendly chants. It's like uh, I mean fans will fi- fans of opposing teams, especially Argos fans, they'll find anything to to make fun of the Ty Cats about, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is this is their holy grail. Like look at Riders fans with 1990. Once the Bombers won, haven't really seen the Rider fans get to really chirp Bomber no. fans all that much. If the so Ticats win it goes away it. And, and they have to find something else and-,
1: and then we won a championship last year. I mean, what can you you can't really make fun of us for much. Um yeah. after we win a championship. So I'm with you. I'm with the, the nineteen ninety nine stuff. It's just annoying. And you, but it, you
0: have to do you have to put up with it. You just have to put yeah. up with
1: it. I mean, what can you say? It, yes, we want to win a championship. Like uh, it sucks. But yeah. So that's that's like the one of the things that I'm most looking forward to once the team or when this, or if this team uh, wins a championship, is that a, yeah, we don't have to hear that nonsense anymore.
0: I'll, I'll have to spend. Cause, I mean, I'm sure we're both hoping that it happens next year. I'm going to have to spend the off season figuring out like uh, how to do the 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 dusting away of the night. You know, in, in Infinity War, when they Thanos does this. I mean, have you? Did you even see Infinity War? I'm, I'm going to talk about Marvel movies, and I know you don't I really don't, like superhero movies, but have you seen Infinity I, War? No, I've never seen
1: any of those movies.
0: Oh, okay, so in Infinity War, Thanos gets the gets the gets all the Infinity Gems and in the gauntlet, and he snaps his fingers, and I'm sure you've seen, like, the GIFs of, like, Spider-Man disappearing, and he kind of, like...
1: It's kind of like the AEW uh, for, uh, for the Elite. For,
0: for the Elite. Yeah. Exactly yep. like that, where they kind of fade yep. away into, into, into non-existence. we mm-hmm. got to figure out a way to do that in, like, a GIF where it fades away from 1999 and is replaced by, like, maybe maybe just a picture of the team holding the cup or something. I don't know, but...
1: That would be a good T-shirt if you could do that somehow, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, hey, did you see, Did you see, uh, you see yeah, the thing I put on the, uh, yeah. I put on the old Twitter page that that's, that's people are it.
1: liking it. They're getting yeah. a lot of retweets.
0: I know. I'm thinking, uh, if when, when he signs in the dotted line, that might have to be, might have yeah. to put that one up. Cause, uh, I mean, it was just a quick thing I did last night. I was like, Oh, I got to do something here. And it just kind of worked out and yeah, people seem to like it. If he signs, maybe, maybe someone out, maybe people out there will be able to buy that on a t-shirt sometime soon. Is there anything else you want to talk about about this move? Like, I feel like we've kind of dissected it from every possible angle. Especially, and I mean, it, it's just going to end up being a waste of like 35 minutes of our lives if he ends up signing in Toronto or something. And after all of this, but do you, do you
1: think the do level you? of hatred towards him would just rise so much for me <laughs> if <laughs> he, if he like, you know, got traded if to wrote, and, us? and then he went to Toronto? Like, oh my god no po- way
0: po- po- no. my coach comes comes to Hamilton but then says eh, now nah, I'm going to the Argos uh-huh. yeah that I don't think that's gonna happen la- la- kind of last wrapping this up he's gonna be here next year right like you're you're fully believe because I believe that not necessarily that a deal is done a deal will get done and he'll be the cats quarterback next year what about you
1: yeah I'm with you I think that they wouldn't have made this move if they didn't think they could reel him in and sign him to a contract. So yeah, I think he will be the starting quarterback for the Hamilton tiger cats for the next couple of seasons. And thinking yeah. about it, it's, it's, it's kind of exciting. I mean, I, I know, <laughs> I, know that I hate the guy, but you know, listen, two time Grey cup champion, two time MOP. You can't argue with the numbers.
0: You can't. And like I said, that giant chip on his shoulder, yep. probably going to have him wanting to wreck some havoc next year. And it'd be nice if he did that in a black and gold uniform. Uh, Before we go, I guess we should touch on the game that's happening this Sunday. It's the least interesting matchup that I could have dared hope for. Argos and Bombers in the Grey Cup. How do you feel about this one, Mike? What's your thoughts on on this upcoming matchup uh, on Sunday?
1: Well, listen, I'm a guy that I like championship games, no matter who's in it. Especially with the Grey Cup, because it just... Um, it was a family thing, me growing up with my dad and, and my parents watching the Grey Cup, whoever was in it. We went to many Grey Cups where Hamilton wasn't in in the game. So uh, to me, it's like, can Toronto, can McLeod Bethel Thompson get over that hump uh, and win a championship? And can uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers become a dynasty? I mean, we. I, I think that people don't like greatness in sports. You know, if nope. there's a dynasty, they just want to tend. but. I think I've come around and kind of appreciated it because it's so hard to achieve that, you know, when you look back at your life and the, your sports life or whatever, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I watched the Bombers when, you, know, you know, they were a dynasty. I saw those teams just like if you were an older gentleman and you watched the Edmonton teams from, you know, 78 to 83 or whatever it was. You know, I saw that dynasty, you know, even the Patriots and, and, and other,
0: other.
1: I know you hate them, but oh. I think greatness is so hard to achieve in sports. It, you should take it in when you can. So to me, I'm excited for this Great Cup game. And I think that uh, it's, you know, the weather's going to be a factor. And I think it's going to be interesting. So, um, you know, I watched the playoff games last week. And I, I thought the Eastern final was tr- a tremendous game. A uh, very entertaining game. The West final was a little bit of a letdown because Rourke didn't, or Wonderboy didn't, uh, you know, play up to his standard. Kind of a disappointment. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Great Cup game.
0: I think to appreciate greatness, I need I need more space. Like, I, growing up as a 49ers fan, hated the Dallas Cowboys. Ab- I still don't like the Dallas Cowboys, but I can look back on that Dallas Cowboys team that won three Super Bowls in four years and twice knocked off the 49ers in the, in the NFC Championship game and go, man, that was pretty special. That was a really good football team. I brought up the Buffalo Bills. Like, I know they never won a Super Bowl, but at the time, it's like you made fun of the Bills. But if you look at how people treat that Bills team now, it's like... They got the four straight Super Bowls. Like, that's an achievement in and of itself, whether they won one or not. And maybe that's the years of cheering for teams that never win. Like, the Ticats don't win. The, the Cubs up until, like, 2016, the Cubs won their first World Series in over 100 years. So maybe it's it's because of that that I can can look on teams that necessarily maybe didn't achieve everything and still go, man, that's pretty impressive. So I still – I think I need a little more space before I start to be, like – Oh man, that Bombers team! How good were they? Especially because they beat Hamilton in two of those Grey Cups. Yeah, that's fair. But I got to be honest with you, I I I think social media might have ruined this a bit for me. You know what I mean? Because I find I find fans, and I'm not just saying Bombers fans or Argos fans. Like I'm I'm all fans, and and I can be this way. I'm sure you can be this way. They're so bloody obnoxious sometimes, and it's just like everyone's got an opinion on everything. And I know that that's kind of ironic to say as we record a podcast that no one ever asked us to do we just decided to do ourselves but you know what i mean like everyone's always got to have a take on whatever's going on and i think part of that's kind of ruined sports a little for me like Uh, every every minute thing is dissected to the point of where it's like almost takes the fun out of it in a way like you can't you can't just like something or dislike something without it being like a comment on society in some way like oh man, I don't like Tom Brady, there's always going to be someone that's like, oh, you just don't like him because he's good. And it's like, yeah, well, I don't like seeing the same teams win all the time. It's kind of dull. You know what I mean? Or it's like, or if someone says like, oh, I really want to see the Bombers get beat because I'm sick of them winning. It's like, oh, well, you just hate greatness. Like, And I'm not saying that's what you're saying because I understand what your point is. But you know what I mean? Like, you always got to deal with some sort of backlash to any point you have that I feel like, because uh, you know what? Honestly, a really good like example of this is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Pre-social media, I I think a lot of people would have looked at the... Now, granted, they were pretty terrible for most of those years, but they would have looked at the Riders and been like...
1: Lovable oh, I got- well, fan base. I had the, the exact same... Like, I went to the Grey Cup in 2007. Yep. And that was like, I don't know, Facebook might have been around, I can't remember, but they were the... Like, <laughs> I enjoyed hanging out with the Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans. I enjoyed the Rough Rider fans because they were so passionate. They were kind of like the lovable losers, right? And, yeah, and you're right, since social media hit really hard... They've been better, and it's just been downhill from there.
0: Yeah, and it's it's it has it has ruined sports for me a little bit. In that, and again, I'm guilty of it too. Like, like a God.
1: lot of things in life, you know what I mean? Like not just sports, but yeah, but TV shows, movies, whatever. It's like everyone has an opinion, and you're wrestling
0: for for example. Like I don't even go near that stuff on. It's, on tri- it's too tribal, right? Life has become very. Binary. If you like yeah. one thing, you're against the other thing, and it's like I've never operate like CFL versus NFL, Marvel versus DC, and wrestling, WCW versus WWF, or now WWE versus AEW. Like y- you can like it all, and you could, and there's things you can dislike about some of it, and there's things you can like about like uh, this idea that we all have to be like this homogenous. Like oh, you you watch Dynamite, so you hate Raw. It's like that's not true. Like I watch WrestleMania every year. I I. I've been subscribing to the WWE network now for like 5 or 6 years because it's like even though I don't watch it all the time but it's like oh there's a show I want to watch I'm going to you know what I mean like you don't have to be like I've never understood or liked the and, and it's especially prevalent you oh you watch the CFL you hate the NFL or you watch the NFL and you think the CFL is garbage like I've never understood that mentality and I feel as if social media with even things that are trivial, like how many times a year do you see people argue about desserts or what should pineapple go on pizza? It's like, guys, like I understand like, you're cool. Like we're just going to, like, we're just trying to have a little fun in our lives, but it's like, it gets to the point of like tedium and obnoxiousness where I'm just like, I don't want to see this anymore. Like I'm, I'm bored by it essentially. And I feel like that's trickled into sports in the same way where it's like, there's no, almost as if there's no room for nuance. Like you see, and maybe it's just because the people that are the most vocal are the worst of the worst. You know what I mean? Like the, the whole Garrett Marino thing in Saskatchewan, it's like, if that had happened pre social media, we would have talked about it. I'm sure there would have been discussions about it and you would have moved on from it. And people, you wouldn't have had to deal with the troglodytes out there who are like, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Like he, he didn't do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, 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 it just grates on me sometimes. And um, it, in a way it's kind of ruined my, because like if the Argos win, cause I, I fully think the Argos are going to win on Sunday. They don't lose gray cups. They haven't lost one since 1987. They've never lost to Winnipeg in a gray cup game. I know they haven't played them since like the fifties, but I do think that because the Thai cat fan experience at this point in time is one of pain. And what would be more painful than the team of the dynasty team going for the third in a row that we couldn't beat twice goes up against the Argos and the Argos knock them off. Like that's that's Cat fans existence man, it's pain. But I just I I just know that after the outcome of that game, like I'm going to avoid Twitter. I don't use Facebook. Insta my Instagram is very CFL light. So I'm going to avoid Twitter for a couple of days after the the game just because I know there's going to be obnoxious people who instead of cheering for their team that they won, are going to go after people and be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, instead of enjoying the victory, they're going to find people who maybe disrespected the Argos and go, whoa, what do you think about them now? You know what I mean? Like, just your team won a title, like, be happy about it. Like, you could be obnoxious later. Like, don't get me wrong, when the Ticats eventually do win a Grey Cup, for a bit there, I'm going to be kind of obnoxious about it. But I'm not going to search out people and be like, hey, remember when you said they sucked? Ah, jokes aren't, like, Enjoy the, enjoy the win.
1: Yeah. And just to like touch on the whole championship thing where, you know, it's always bugged me. It's like, especially in the States with like, say like basketball or something, if it's not like, and the in the media is really bad for this, like basketball media. If it's not the Lakers and, uh, I don't know, Chicago or a big market, it's like, who cares? But like, that's not how it works. Like if you want LA and New York and then just have a a league with LA and New York and you you can have the championship game every year and it'll be those big markets, but it's just like the way they brush it off. It's like Milwaukee and I don't know, St. Louis or something. I know they don't have a basketball (laughs) team. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's it's not even worth watching to them. Who cares? This is the championship series. You should care. Like if it's, if it's Milwaukee
0: and um, well, two years ago it was Milwaukee and Phoenix, and people were like, "Oh, no one's going to watch this." Yeah, and, and it's, it's like, like Milwaukee has the best player in the world, yeah. and Phoenix Phoenix has a we're an exciting team with a veteran like Chris Paul. But I know what you're saying, and, and but it's no different up here. Like, I have you. I've seen a lot of talk about like, "Oh, this is good for the league. You want the Argos in this spot?" Mm-hmm. History shows that it doesn't make a damn bit of difference.
1: No, like, it doesn't matter if they win or not. It's not no. going to be. A sold-out crowd in the home opener next season. I mean, it's not bad for them, but it's not going to make a difference.
0: It's not. It's not going to. It's not going to put a dent in their attendance issues. I saw. I think it was Dave Naylor was like, "Oh, the Argos should be shooting for twenty thousand fans next year because they got twenty thousand or so at the East Final." And it's like, "Well, well it definitely- yeah, I guess I should be shooting to break up Adele with her multi-millionaire boyfriend. We'll see what happens yeah. first. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it did. And I'm, you know, they got 21,000. That's, that's all, oh, yeah, good, good for, that's good for them. But like realistically, it's not very good for an East final or a West final or anything. No. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not great.
0: I know. So. I don't want to, I don't want to get into the attendance thing anyway. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Let's just, so let's wrap this up. Predictions for Sunday. I say the Argos win 27 21.
1: And I'm gonna go with my uh, prediction from the start of the season and say the Bombers pull it off three times in a row. Um, I'm gonna say 30 to 24.
0: 30. Did you have the Bombers at the beginning of the year beating the Argos in the Grey Cup? I think you might have. I think I did. I know I had Toronto Winnipeg in the Grey Cup, but I. You did. You had Toronto Winnipeg in the Grey and, Cup.
1: And I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure I had, I had the Bombers winning, so I'll stick with that
0: you you were i mean my prediction was ottawa and saskatchewan so i was way wrong way <laughs> wrong <laughs> um but yeah good on you you get you nailed that at the beginning of the year that's uh that's worthy of a pat on the back mm-hmm. oh man i'm looking at some of our other predictions though jesus christ we were so wrong yeah that's oh, usually it uh, well uh you know what before the end of the year after this all said and done maybe we'll come on and we'll we'll relive our, our predictions from a season ago uh from the from this upcoming season because uh yeah, we were, we were, we were pretty off on some stuff. But uh, anyway, Bo's the Tiger Cat. The Grey Cups this weekend. Man, even when the Tiger Cats aren't in the Grey Cup, they find a way to steal the headlines, don't they?
1: Right. Yeah. And I saw some people saying, "Oh, you can't announce news during the Grey Cup week." But it was pretty early on in Grey Cup week, so they're not fully. It's Grey Cups Cup week. Yet.
0: The teams aren't even in Regina yet. Is Grey Cup no. week really started?
1: No. Grey it's Cup like, week. It's like Wednesday. Yeah, and then really, it's the Thursday night.
0: And the thing is, if the league didn't want this getting out, they wouldn't have allowed it to happen. Yeah, Like, you know what I mean? I
1: I can see if they announced it on the weekend of the Grey Cup, but, uh, yeah, this this is a non-factor. It was, like, on Monday. Yeah, yeah, it it was was Monday. It was Monday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, no big deal, no big deal. All
0: right, so I will say that we're going to take a little bit of time off. Uh, Maybe we'll come back next year and do a bit of, or next week, I mean, and do a bit of a grey cup recap or, or something, but uh we'll we'll decide that uh later next this week going into next week. But I'll say we're gonna take time off, but I said that last week and we ended a back here a week later because we had a we had a big trade to talk about. So if the Ticats make a major move, I we'll be back here again. Obviously, if they don't, maybe we'll come back, do a little Grey Cup wrap up, talk about the game. Maybe we'll we'll do next week, we'll go into our, our predictions from the beginning of the year, laugh at ourselves, maybe answer some, some questions, maybe we'll put out a mailbag thing and do a, do a quick episode or what have you. And then uh, maybe then we'll take some time off after that. And uh, only come back. If there's some big news before we kind of reset, and come back in January with uh, talking about free agency and all that good stuff, because I know the season hasn't even ended yet, but it's, it's going to end this Sunday and it feels like February is a long ways away. But, man, does it ever come quick? And then it's like February's here, and then it's that next thing you know, it's May, and the draft's here. And then a couple of weeks after that, we're starting training camp. Like, I don't know, man. The older I get, the quicker time goes by, and I'm, I don't necessarily like it all that much. But, hey, no. it gives us some uh, – I think there's going to be plenty for us to talk about this offseason with the Ticats because I think they're uh, they're going to be making some pretty major moves to get themselves back into this game next year.
1: Yep, I think that, you know, they're going to make – I think they're going to bring in a big-name receiver in free agency to to keep Bo happy, and uh, there's a couple more moves that I think should be made. So, yeah, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about in the offseason, and not just Tycat stuff. I think there's going to be some interesting movement going on in the CFL this offseason.
0: Oh, I think this Bo move is the first of a number of quarterback moves we're going to see this year. I think I think outside of Winnipeg and potentially B.C., if, depending on the Nathan Rourke situation, which we didn't get into this week, but he's got some NFL opportunities lined up, uh, and obviously Calgary, they're they're going with 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 Jake Mayer. There's a lot of question marks out there at quarterback, and a lot of teams that are going to be looking to uh, figure out that position going into next season. So I think we're going to have a ton to talk about. But that was Podski for this week. I am Josh Smith.
1: And I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw.
0: Eat them raw.